Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Season 2, Episode 2 of the BoxCast. My name, of course, is Ben Boxall, and today I'm being joined by Gavin Cornelius, who started the Young Entrepreneur Society. So he's going to talk to me about that. He's going to talk about uh, his philosophy of entrepreneurship and how that helped him to get where he is now. Uh, there is a little bit of uh, popping and cracking just in the way there was a problem with one of the cords. So if you'll excuse that, that starts about... 20 minutes in uh then let's jump right into the interview with gavin cornelius uh, the theme song is a quick rest by ultra mega my name is ben boxall and this is the Boxcast. i ain't the only one who want a quick rest and i know it but yet i can't slow up my step and man just by knowing it i'm further I can't stop for a breath when I'm hot and you're wet So I hear the boss man I try to sign my elements but he's so Explain the theme behind it um, the theme behind it is mostly just uh, some people have a lot to say and yeah. this is a good way to get to know people and to mm-hmm. have people tell stories and yeah. it's just a, I was listening to a lot of podcasts and then I ran out of exactly. podcasts and it's like, yeah. well... I could I could find more podcasts, or I could just go and I can make one. I, I I love it because, in general, you're already doing what you like to do, doing this. Yeah. You're gonna do it anyways. Yeah, totally. So might as well record it, and it it gives you a reason, and and it also gives you access to talk to lots of people too. I, I got to talk to Robert Falcon Alette. Amazing. And these are people that I never thought I would get an opportunity to. This like is that how with. podcasts work these days. Though. Even if it, you're small at first, just getting the opportunity to go on a podcast people like that yeah yeah even big guys gary vanderchuk talks about this all the time even though sometimes on a podcast with a million listeners he'll still go on a podcast that has a thousand yeah right it's it's because you never know for sure you never know the person that you're going to connect so i think consistency is the biggest thing that's the hardest thing with niches these days is is being consistent with it because you don't see results right away yeah so you're like but all it takes is one person to hear it and then share it and then mm. it explodes but when you go over go through a year of nothing it's like oh my god it's the question of uh like our our culture of instant gratification right now where exactly when you upload a bunch of things exactly. you get a diminishing return for a little bit until it picks up and exactly. i'm still season one was a diminishing return yeah season two like i don't know it ha- it's a higher point than the end of season one so yeah. that's a good thing but yeah. uh it could uh, it could go either way. Yeah, I just and, hope it goes up. so there's there's two sides of it. There's a side of it as yeah, it, it might happen kind of thing, or mm-hmm. there's the other side of it as in you just keep learning all the tricks as you go, mm-hmm. all the little things that you can do to get that extra twenty people on to get and it just keeps growing. Yeah. So there's a lot of people who these days who just think that consistency itself is going to work, which isn't true. Now, no consistency obviously won't work. So that's a part of the equation. But the other part of the equation is not doing the same thing over and over, expecting different results. Of course. And, and so you constantly tweak and iterate and like Sam was talking about. That's that's one of the hardest things. But it's definitely possible. I don't just go and record and release a podcast whenever I feel like it. It's no. twice a week, Monday, exactly. Friday. Exactly. Exactly. Even if that's even if people don't listen to everyone, doesn't matter. They're there. Doesn't matter. Gary Vee, when he first started his Wine Library TV, the first like 100 episodes or like 150 episodes had like no viewers. Yeah. But now, since it exploded after like 700 he's done now, now everybody goes back and watches the earlier ones. Yeah. Maybe not as much, but you people still go back because it's part of the culture. 
Well, I, when I watch a TV show, I go all the way back to the beginning and just marathon it. Exactly. And waste. Exactly. And if you're really interested in a niche, whatever it is, you and you like the podcast, you can't get enough of it. You know that feeling. Yeah, totally. You can't stop. So, man, I'm excited. All right. So, uh, so welcome, Gavin Cornelius, to the Boxcast Season Two, Episode Two. We're sitting here in my living room and uh, just hanging out, drinking some coffee. What's uh, What's new with you? What have you been doing since uh, since I left? Man, it's it's been a little bit of a crazy ride these last couple months. I was initially planning to move right away to Thailand as soon Thailand. as the winter came. Yep, and I'm still I'm still gonna be making that move. But uh, over the you know six months ago, met a really awesome girl, and she's doing her thing here, and it's been really hard to leave. So you know sometimes <laughs> these things come up. But the beauty of it is when you kind of have that freedom lifestyle, the ability to and I'd do anything from anywhere in the world with nothing but your laptop, you're not too worried about going on that quick vacation or going totally. on that six months because you can do it anyways. I've, I've traveled about 25 countries now. So oh, wow. for, for me, it's not a desperation to leave, but it's more of I'm, I'm looking for another adventure. Okay. Always so, looking for the next rush, the next adventure. So what's, what's in Thailand? I've been to Thailand once. So when it comes down to like the four hour work week style uh, of living, the big thing is how can I make my income in American dollars and then live in a tropical paradise where I'm paying like a quarter of the price to live like a king. Okay. Right. This is like the digital nomad lifestyle. And I have a lot of friends out in Thailand doing this internet lifestyle thing. And for me, you know, people are asking me to come out. Hey, I got an apartment for you. I got this. I got that. It's really hard to resist. Okay. Uh, my dream destination to go back to and live is Brazil, but right now that's not going to be my my place, my destination, because there's not as many internet marketers there as in somewhere like Thailand. So it's more of a mastermind, get around the right people, but also surf every day, get five dollar massages. <laughs> you know, totally, all yeah. the stuff that's amazing as well. So there's there's many reasons. There's not just one thing. So going to live like a king in Thailand, what do you do for your four-hour work week? Maybe it's a little more than four hours, but what are you... Oh, I work a lot more than four <laughs> hours. I'm not... Uh, the whole four-hour work week thing, It there's a misconception behind it. Yes, it is possible to get to working four hours a week, but do you really want to? For me, no. I, I really like to work. I really like doing a lot of things. I don't like to be bored. You, you hear sometimes people work in their job and say, today was amazing. I didn't have to do anything. I'm like, that sucks, right? I, I could never see myself just sitting there doing nothing and being happy about it. So I like to be busy. I like to keep progressing, keep growing, keep transforming in certain ways. So what I do for work is affiliate marketing. That's my number one. So selling other people's products on the internet. Okay. And I'll just give you a quick example. Amazon started out as an affiliate company. Right. So without the affiliate program, they would never have exploded like they did. They said, hey, we have all these products. Hey, come here, grab your links, go out there and promote all these products. We'll pay you a commission on it. Uh, I personally don't like to sell those products as much, physical products, because there's very small commissions. I'm more of a digital product, information products, because okay. there basically is no overhead. You sell the same product over and over again because it's just it's bits inside of a computer. Of course. Yeah. So you sell a $20 product, you make $20 besides your marketing costs or whatever. So it, it's like an Amazon for like ideas and software. Yeah, I wouldn't even call it an Amazon. I just gave Amazon the basically what I'm comparing it to. Okay, okay. I can, you can go anywhere on the internet and sell almost anybody's products now. 
It's just a smarter thing for businesses to do to say, hey, you sign up for our affiliate program, promote our stuff for free, and we'll give you a commission. Because that's cheaper for them to pay you than it is for them to go out and market all all, all of their things, especially if it's digital. Because again, there's very little overhead. So I've been really interested in this whole field for a long time because I love audiobooks, I love books, I love learning. So in my mind, I'm like, hey, if I just go out there and I read a lot of books and I study a lot of stuff and I find out what I really like, well, then I'm going to want to sell that to other people because I want them to have the same experience. Okay. So I'm always looking for ways to do what I really like to do, just like you're doing this podcast, and then promote that same kind of thing to the kind of people that I want to attract into my life. Okay, okay. So I'm, I'm always looking for win-win-win situations. How do I win? How does the company win? And how does the end user win? If we're all winning every time, life is fine. If you're selling a product that you don't believe in, though, and you're just you know, a snake oil salesman, that sucks. Mm. That you're in this constant cognitive dissonance. You're in this like bad position. But if you're in the position of, I would just say, power to be able to enjoy what you're doing and do exactly what you love, plus see the sparkle in someone else's eye when they're enjoying what they're doing and everybody's winning, that's just a great feeling in life. So I, I can see as you're explaining this, yeah. all like the, the gears turning inside your head of how this all makes sense. Yeah. When did it start? Like what, what got you to this whole idea of work for not only your enjoyment, but yeah. productivity and win-win-win? Like yeah. what, what brought that on? So there, I'm gonna go through a couple stories here. Okay. So when I, I lived in Africa for a couple of years when I was younger, and I had a couple experiences that were really profound that really gave me the understanding that I'm, I'm an empathic person. I really like to help people. It feels really, really good, right? So I had a couple experiences where I would see some, a mother and her child, their child's dying, and I'm just sitting there and I'm thinking about going home to get my allowance. But as soon as I see that, I'm like, okay, hey, I have to go get that money and give them, give it to this person. Like it just, it's, it didn't matter as much to me anymore to go get some candy or go get something for myself because you're like, I, I need to help them. They're in a way worse situation than me. So because of that, I've always had this mindset of I need to help people. And in my mind, if I just am working a nine to five job or something that I'm not able to progress, not able to make a lot more income for something besides just my own life, then how am I gonna help a lot of people? I think the more income you make and the more time freedom you have, the more you can actually help others. Okay. And the more you learn about all these things, the more you can help other people learn about all these things. So that's just uh, kind of a little backstory. Now, when I came back to Winnipeg, and I actually grew up in Ottawa, but when I came to Winnipeg, I kind of started hanging around the wrong people, kind of got lost, started smoking a lot of pot, drinking a lot for years, like, you know, a long time. Actually here for about six years, I was like selling pot, but not like huge amounts, but just so I could keep my addiction going. Do you know what I mean? Just totally falling out of alignment with what I actually wanted to do. And it wasn't a very pleasant scene, Pretty got pretty depressed, was pretty down, you know, worked the brutal jobs. I remember working, uh, demolition and just pulling out the insulation and every day getting home just so itchy because the sweat god the fiberglass gets in your pores and you just cannot stop itching just absolutely brutal and then you know working lawn care and i was always a hard worker but i remember just working so hard day in day out and then looking at the guys who were beside me working half as hard as me but we're getting paid the same amount of money 
right? It just, and then you get more responsibility mm. because you're the hard worker, but you don't get paid anymore. It's just, there I was just a feeling. Yeah. Yeah. There's just a brutalness behind it where eventually with the drinking, with the drugs, with, uh, working jobs that I couldn't stand with waking up every morning, just like upset about life, just not happy. I had an experience out at the lake where we were all climbing these, like this little cliff face, me and uh, three of my friends were all drinking, climbing this cliff face, got to the top of it. It's only about like 40 feet high, but 40 feet still pretty high. And we're sitting on the edge and then all my friends are like, okay, let's go. And they start walking around uh, a different way, a different path that's easier to get down. And I'm like, hey, I'm, I'm okay. I'm going to climb down this thing. Start climbing down this thing. My foot slips out. I start going back strict, like straight on my head. In my mind, I'm like, I'm dead. I'm, this is done. And out of nowhere, I have no idea like how it was even possible. Two tree branches catch my shoulder. I look around me. There's like no tree branches anywhere on this cliff. It was complete miracle. Obviously not a miracle in my opinion, science. But <laughs> at the same time, somehow I was alive. Looking up at my friend, he's just looking, uh, looking straight down with this like look of terror and I'm just like okay I'm alive anyways climb down and that day was like a real big turning point for me because it was like I'm, I'm thinking if I died today what would my family have thought what would they have thought if I had passed away oh he's had all this potential but he was wasting away doing drugs working dead-end jobs just doing nothing with the talents and gifts he was given or with this gift of life I'm starting thinking that and then I'm thinking of the realizations of can't believe I'm even here. How am I wasting it away? And if I died, what would I have left behind? Would I have done anything that made a difference? So these questions really were very powerful for me that day and set me on a completely different trajectory. Now, it wasn't perfect. Obviously, you still fall back into bad habits. It's hard to change things. But because of that experience, it was an awakening. It was a turning point saying, I am not going to live like this anymore. I'm not going to let myself be sucked into this way of living. I can't do it anymore. So I decided at that point, I'm like, okay, I'm going to get my life back together. I ended up meeting a guy named Paul Taylor. He was a personal trainer, ended up working out with him all the time, starting to get my physical health in shape. Uh, then throughout that, I decided to uh, go traveling. Uh, and then actually just before that, I met a girl, amazing girl. And then, but I decided to go traveling, started to do some backpacking. Everything just started to change. Then I came back, I decided to become a personal trainer uh, at his gym, so I got certified, became a personal trainer. And then the next thing, it's always these little things that keep happening. And one thing that people have to realize with turning points is it's not one thing. There is that one big one that you're gonna remember, but there's multiple little things that happen when you start to take on opportunity. When you start to say, I'm going to change, I'm going to start hanging around new people. I'm going to start to read books. I'm going to start to do something different. Things start to happen. I'm working out at the gym, training these people. I meet a guy and he invites me to a network marketing meeting for like a financial company. Had no clue what network marketing was. Had like, was completely mind blown when I got there. Oh, you can own your own business. You can do that. I got sucked into the whole like rah, rah of, you know, the pyramid scheme that what people would call it. And I was just all for it. I'm like, this is awesome. I'm totally going to do this. I can control my own time. I don't need a job anymore. Completely sold on the emotion over the logic of it, right? Okay. Uh, which was fine because at that point when you're in that I'm going forward in life, I'm going to like make things happen, you're looking for anything. So it's like a desperation almost. And I did this 
thing for about six months. It was going pretty good. But one thing that I would always do that very few people would do is every day I was reading new books, listening to new audios, going on YouTube, just finding the, a way to get the edge, finding a way to be a little bit more efficient, a little bit more productive, uh, how to sell better, how to do this better, whatever I could do. So every day I would come in a little bit better. Now, the problem with something like that and the gift of it is you keep looking for all these things and eventually find something that you think is better than what you're already doing. Of course, yeah. Uh, so I stumbled across a guy named Cesar Rodriguez. He was teaching, he was on YouTube teaching how to sell, teaching how to do all these different things, leadership, all these things. And I looked at that and I said, okay, this guy's got a couple hundred thousand views on his video. He's selling a product within like his description. He did these, she shot these videos once, but they're being seen over and over and over again, which is what I call now Android earning. You're earning money while you're not there anymore. So you're duplicating yourself in a digital way. And because of that, just like this podcast, people are listening to it at all different times. You I hope can so. Now, yeah. <laughs> you can now leverage that. So you can, when you, the more and more podcast episodes you have, the more and more people you have on, whether you're doing affiliate marketing or whether you just, uh, whether you have advertisers within your podcast because of how many viewers you have, you now are making money when you're not there anymore. And I started to see that and be like, man, that's, that's just incredible. And some of the things that I learned from them, I went out and used, they worked, everything he said, it just logically made so much sense to me and it just worked in the real world. So I ended up sending him a testimonial video just being like dude you're changing my life this is amazing he sends me back an email saying hey if you ever want to get on the phone you know call me up here's my number i'm like this is amazing so then that puts me down another path and then he shows me affiliate marketing and he shows me how he's making the money he's making how this works how that works just takes me under his wing basically i go down and meet him in dallas for an event and then everything just starts to change from there then you're starting to meet these millionaire, 10 millionaire, uh, all these guys who are making like ridiculous amounts of money doing this internet marketing thing, affiliate marketing, writing books, uh, creating uh, video products, membership sites, all of these different things. And ever since then, I've just keep diving down the rabbit hole. How can I get better? How can I learn more? Who can I connect with? And that kind of leads me to where we are today uh, in a nutshell. But it's amazing when you just look at all the little things that had to happen to get here. It could have easily gone somewhere else. But because of just that want to dive into the unknown and to not ever live like an average normal life anymore and never ever have to wake up in the morning because I have to and as I have to go work at a job that I can't stand, that drive to want to leave something behind before you die, these things, that turning point, I believe you can become almost unstoppable. Like you will just go and you will do whatever it takes. Okay. Do you think people give up too easily? Yeah, absolutely. But I think there is so much, there's a lot of, there's a lot of deep psychology behind quitting, I, I believe. It's, it's not a cut and dry. Like, oh, that person's a quitter or that person's a winner. I think there's a lot of things that happen throughout your life that will put you into one position or, or the other. Because for like six years of my life, I was a quitter. And I had basically given up. I basically, and I had never said that to myself, but I was depressed. I was unhappy. I was not doing anything to get out of that position. I had accepted it as my reality. 
I had no control. I just was basically in the effect of everybody else. So one of the number one things that anybody needs is whoever you hang around with is who you become. That's just a psychological mechanism within our brain. We model and mirror and match all the people that we surround ourselves with. That's how we're wired as human beings. If you're gonna only hang around with people who don't really wanna move forward in life and then you don't wanna move forward in life, it's gonna be like a vicious cycle. You'll just keep uh, keeping each other in the same place. Now, if you hang out around with other people who are really driven, who are uh, positive, who are trying to help you advance your life, then you're gonna do a lot better. But when it comes down to quitting itself, I. You could go into like Darwinism and say, you know, certain people are meant to succeed, certain art, uh, the strong gene should move forward, the most adaptable, whatever. But I really think we have the ability to flip a switch within our brain and decide to move into one direction or the, or the other. Like in the Matrix, uh, Neo represented the neocortex, hmm. our thinking brain, our ability to choose. So when they're talking about the one, the one is whoever you want to be, right? You are the one. And a lot of people just live in the effect of everything around them instead of, I choose. I'm going to decide how I want to live. I have complete control over my reality, my decisions. I don't have control over physics or the laws of physics or the laws of the universe, but I have complete control of what I decide to think about and the actions I take within that reality. And I think when you break free from the uh, status quo and what we get taught in school and we get taught a certain uh, what we should do within this reality, when you break free from that, uh, it's a huge awakening and allows you to do whatever you want. And when I talk about the affiliate marketing stuff and being able to travel the world with nothing but a laptop or with a smartphone or whatever, it it blows people away. How is that possible? That doesn't make sense to me. But it's just like, it's just going against their reality. Like what they've been taught is how it is. But if you just ask, what are the laws of physics? And you live within the laws of physics and you say, well, is it possible to get on your smartphone or get on your laptop and learn how to sell things on the internet? Of course it is. Like it's not not possible. But people sometimes believe if I'm not going to a nine to five job, I can't make money. Or if I don't work more hours, I can't make money. I don't, I think it's lazy actually to want to work more hours for more money. It's not lazy to have to think about how to create more value per hour. I'm personally somewhere in between being a, like a, a normal everyday working person. And I'm trying to figure out how to make that into something where I can uh, work completely on my own yeah. uh, interests and make money off of that. And mm -hmm. so all the people I talk to about that, they're like, uh, well, you're going to have to go to university eventually, or you're going to have to get a job eventually. And I, I don't devalue learning at all. I'm no, always not learning at all. every yeah. day. But I don't think that the way that society is set up has to be the way that everybody lives. No, I, I agree with that 100%. Uh, my, my opinions keep changing on this. Um, and I'm at the point now where I totally, completely respect school. I do. I respect university. I even respect... Uh, public school, but I think it is running at basically 5% of what it could be running at mm. with how advanced we are with neuroscience, with how learning works, with how the world is moving forward exponentially, no longer in this uh, linear progression. We're in this exponential progression, but we're still teaching in a linear, as in we're living in a linear world, yeah. uh, an industrial revolution, a 
cookie cutter paper pusher world and the world is completely changing from that now someone can go on youtube and become a youtube star is that mm -hmm. being taught in school of course not school system is just way too far behind now things like uh, modern medicine if you're trying to be a lawyer this that and the other if that's just your dream that's what you want that is your end goal then great perfect mm -hmm. go in that direction now if your goal is to travel or to be happy or to you know do something completely different than within school don't go to school it will wire your brain for a different way of thinking for a different time of existence that we no longer live in so I, I, again, I respect school. I respect education like crazy. But a lot of times I think people still believe that it's that almighty degree mm -hmm. that gets you respect. And actually the world is completely changing from that. And it's actually, if you're a millionaire, you get a lot more respect. You've done yeah. something, you've created value. Or if you're traveling the world with nothing but your laptop, that's gonna get respect because how did you do that? That's actually the end goal of what people want. Or you have more time with your kids on a daily basis to take them different places to do, that's gaining respect now. Not just, hey, I worked 12 hours today, give me respect. No, I don't respect that unless that's exactly what you wanna be doing. If you are fully in that position because that's exactly what you've been wanting your entire life, great. But if you're there, and you're complaining about it, and you're like, oh, I worked so hard today, I was so busy, I don't, that's not, that's not cool to me. You're not fulfilling your potential at all. You're just living in the effect, and you're living somebody else's dream, and you're living, and you're staying there, and, in, and instead of going home, and working on your own business, and finding a way out, instead, you turn on the TV, and zone out for the rest of the night. That blows my mind that people can be happy like that. I, 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 I can't do it, but I was there. Right? Mm. So it blows my mind too, but before I hit my turning point, I you know, did my work, I smoked some pot, I watched some TV, I went out drinking, right? So mm. I was at that place, so I can't really look at someone and say, oh, you're horrible, I can't believe what you do. I, can I, just, I don't think they're horrible for yeah. enjoying that. I just It's like the empathy of I would never want to go back into that position. No. Nine seasons of How I Met Your Mother in Nine Days. <laughs> Yeah. Now I still like some TV series and I'll still go on a, sure. a binge here and there. Yeah, so yeah. I'm not going to say I'm not, I'm not like that, but I, I think I look at it a lot different too now where when I'm watching a TV series, I feel like I can learn from everything now and I can apply it in my life no matter what it is. Even if it's an episode of Seinfeld, I love episodes of Seinfeld. You can learn a lot about human behavior. You can decode it as you watch it. So I think when you get in this mindset of constant ever progression and always learning, you can take things from anything and apply it into your life and make your life better. If you think of learning in terms of I have to be inside of the walls of a school, then you're in big trouble in this world because the world doesn't work like that anymore. Totally. The world is much more free now. In Paul Zane Pilzer's book, Unlimited Wealth, he speaks about there being over the next 10 years about, actually this was about 10 years ago, his book, he said there was gonna be 10 million new millionaires created, 10 years. And now that number is gonna be about 17 million new millionaires, millionaires in the next 10 years. And then billionaires are gonna become the new millionaires, right? This is the world that we're moving into. But these are not academics becoming these millionaires really quickly. No. These are the people who are taking the opportunity. There is opportunity everywhere right now. And 
we all we hear about is doom and gloom on on the news but that's because the news caters to the masses yeah the news caters to validation so if you want to get a lot of people watching the news what do you do you tell them exactly what they want to hear yeah totally and then they say yeah you're right i agree with you and then they feel good about themselves because they just got validated that they're smart or they're whatever but that's why you want to avoid it yeah you yeah. want to go listen to the people who are making things happen because if there's 17 new millionaire 17 million new millionaires being created then that means you can be one of them that's a lot of people and not all the spots have to be full so no, no. Yeah. and and then to just say well i'm not that person or i'm not this or i'm not that that's just again lazy thinking it's the decision that makes you not become one of them of course of course it's, it's a pretty wild world we're living in right now and i absolutely love it but also my personality is kind of built for this type of world like as an enfp or entp which i am now on the myers-briggs test see i want to paint you as an enfp enfp yeah uh, uh enfp is where i was before until i really started to become a lot more logical okay so even though that's my base i'm a feeling person hmm. as you become more logical you stop letting those emotions get in the way of everything. So, so you're an ENFP that's trained yourself to be to act like an ENTP. Yeah, and I wouldn't even say uh, trained to act, but in a way conditioned. Yeah. Okay. So instead of just making all my decisions based on that emotion of the at the time, you it's called the thymal cortical pause. You can pause your brain for a couple seconds and then make a logical decision that's not based off that immediate emotional response okay so once you learn how to do that again instead of just something coming up spontaneous i mean being like running at it like a squirrel right mm -hmm. like, oh, i'm gonna go get that thing i pause and then i do the math in my brain is this the smart decision is this going to be better for the long term all these questions now come in between it so it's like it's like you've learned how to wear the entp mm -hmm. uh, mask yes okay yeah yeah so and, and I really believe that any, all of us are constantly changing our personality types. So when I was younger, I was much more introverted. But as you, like for me, I could barely talk to girls. I could barely, I would never be able to even do this podcast and feel comfortable because I didn't, I was, I got horrible grades in school. I was not very intelligent, right, in that system. So that hurts your self-confidence. And because of that, I didn't really know how to dress right. I didn't get girls. I didn't get, so I was very introverted, very observant, but didn't really know what I was doing. Okay. So, but as you get more confident, you learn more about human psychology. You start to read a lot more. You get better at these different things. And obviously alcohol at the time too, <laughs> uh, you get, you can become more extroverted because of it. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. So you, you're responsible in part for the Young Entrepreneur Society, correct? Mm-hmm. How did that start? So within the all the affiliate marketing stuff and going to all these conferences, seminars, meeting all these different people, uh, my business partner, Valen Vergara and I, we saw a huge need for something that was different than the average business networking meetings, which is, you know, you sit around a table and kind of you don't really want to be there or you have to like show up and everyone's just reluctant. You just kind of hand out business cards. I couldn't stand going to those kind of events. No, they I, seem pretty horrible. They're horrible. It's like it, you're taking business and entrepreneurship and you're making it work. So it's like it, it, it was never attractive to me. So 
one thing that we saw is, especially within millennials, we do things differently. We don't want all the rules and regulations, the status quo. Like even even Steve Jobs was like this, and he obviously wasn't a millennial. But you just look at it different, like the Google offices, the different way to work, work and play together. So we saw that, and we said, okay, well, how do we? create something like that? How do we create a fun environment for people where they want to show up and they're excited about it? So you're excited to go out and talk to people and meet people. And the more and more mentors we would get mentored from, the more they would say the same things. You know, I do my best business deals on the golf course or at the bottom of the ski hill after a run or all these different places where people are really networking and getting stuff done. And the people who are going to these boring meetings were actually the people that were networking with other boring people, right? <laughs> yeah. So you weren't actually meeting the people that you even wanted to meet with going to these places. So we wanted to attract the right people into sort of an event situation. So we threw a rooftop uh, patio event at the Met here in Winnipeg and went really well. We kind of did a red carpet, classy scotch and cigars and just bring people out, see what happened, see what was going to happen. We didn't know if we were going to get 20 people or 200 people, right? We had no idea. But the first event, we ended up getting about 250 people up on wow. the rooftop. And it was absolute great success. We couldn't believe that it actually happened, but it showed us like people want this, especially as young entrepreneurs. And yeah, then we've obviously taken it online. We've reached people in over 70 countries now. So, and I have now within my Rolodex, like 40 different countries, people in 40 different countries have said, Hey, if you ever need a place to stay, when you come here, here you go. And the big vision is a worldwide mastermind. Just being able to, at any point in time, you're going to a new country. Hey, I'm also part of yes. We have the same values. We are think the same way I'm coming into town and then having someone who can introduce you to new people there and take you to the places that you need to go and have someone with that kind of mindset. So it's not just an Airbnb. You could show up with anyone. You're actually able to meet the people that you want to meet with and network with them, mastermind with them because we're in a global and exponential world now, no longer local linear. So how do we create that incubator, that environment where we all can succeed together? The more people you know, the more resources that you have, the more resourceful that you can be, the better you're going to do in this new age. If you don't have that, it's much harder. But I just give the example now with entrepreneurship, I, I give the example of being a stamp collector 50 years ago. If you're a stamp collector, you'd be the only one in your neighborhood that was a stamp collector. You would be the outcast. Like You wouldn't know anybody. They'd be like, oh, that's that stupid stamp collector. Or you'd even hide it. Now, if you're a stamp collector, you go online to a forum, there's thousands and thousands of people, and then you go to the stamp collector events, and you go to the, you know? So you can find, no matter what niche you're in or what your passion is, you can find those people. So within the Young Entrepreneur Society, that was really the initial thought process. How do we just put out a radar to find all the people that we want? I guess 50 years ago, you know, being someone who thought they didn't, uh, or believed they didn't have to work a nine to five job to succeed was also just kind of like collecting stamps in the same way. Absolutely. Absolutely. That was, that would have been crazy talk back then. Like what, how are you going to possibly do that? Cause there was, there wasn't so many examples of it. Now for someone to even say that to me anymore, how is that possible? Or that's crazy or you're a dreamer or whatever. Like look at the millions of people doing it. Like it's, it's no longer, uh, there's just too much proof now. Mm -hmm. There's too many examples, but our brain really works on validation. So if we're, 
if we went to school and we believe it's a certain way and our parents have told it's us it's that way and then our teachers have told us that and then the news tells us that, we start to really believe that that is reality. And then when someone steps outside of it, it's like the crabs in a bucket. You're trying to pull them back. Yeah, right? yeah. No, don't be like that. And they, there's a, a really funny metaphor when it comes down to when you're kind of put, moving away from your friends or you're, you're pushing into that next level. Uh, there's two ways you can kind of be the, the, the tallest building in town. You can either work your ass off and build that tallest building or you can knock all the other buildings uh, down around you so mm. you're the tallest building. So a lot of times people will try to bring you down and rip you down so you do not keep pushing past. It makes them feel like, oh, what am I doing then? Why did I get a degree? Why did I do that? How am I working this job? And instead of just accepting that you may not be doing what you should be doing, it's be it's a lot easier to just bring somebody else down around you. Say, oh, you're scamming people, or what you that internet marketing stuff is all this, right? Yeah, you, you, yeah. you hate on it instead of realize, oh, you could just do the same thing. And it's actually there's no scam at all. You're just helping people if you're an ethical person. For sure, uh, I grew up in a, an environment where my parents subconsciously showed me that doing what you want to do is a reality because they're actors, right? Yeah. They, oh, that's awesome. Uh, my mom runs a theater company. My dad makes masks. He directs shows, stuff like that. So cool. And so it's it's never been a question for me of doing what I want to do. Mm -hmm. It's just been a question of, uh, well, will I actually work on it today? Yeah, 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 yeah. So I, I feel like if I'm not near that point of being able to launch myself off, I'm very close, mm -hmm. uh, which I'm I'm happy about that. Totally. So. No, I know. I love what you're doing here because we were talking about it a little bit before, but being able to have these conversations and do a podcast, because you're always listening to podcasts or listening to audiobooks, being able to do it live and interact and then ask the questions that you really want to ask mm. and learn the things that you really want to learn, you're already doing what you love. While you're able to, you're doing something that's fun and what you love, while you're also able to create a business out of it. For sure. And whether this is just a small portion of that business and it's maybe just the attention you grow for something else or it's the main thing, regardless, it's moving in that direction. You're moving away from the normal and you're moving into the new school. This is the way things are being done now. You can create a, a, a radio show from anywhere, a podcast from anywhere. Absolutely. It's so cool. It's one of those great things where as soon as someone sees you uh, start to do something on your own, there's going to be a lot of people uh, wanting to help you because mm -hmm. they want to be in the same place, but they might not uh, believe they can mm -hmm. or they might not think it's a reality. So they want to help someone else get up where they can be because they'll bring them with them. Yes. So I've noticed a lot of that as I've done more mm -hmm. uh, stuff on my own, like films, podcasts, stuff like that. Yeah. There's always people who are like, who want to be on the train that's mm -hmm. going Mm -hmm. uh, because it, it's fun and it'll get them somewhere as well. It's a really good point with it. The more, the more all of us collaborate, the better it is for all of us. This is why I'm always talking about win, 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 wins. I, I don't want to go on your podcast so I can win, right? I'm going on this podcast so we both win. And so the end user can get some, or the end listener also can get one golden nugget that can help change their totally. life in some way. So when you start to think of your life like that, instead of trying to pull people down so you can build up, 
it's such a huge difference. I now have just so many resources and so many people because of the Young Entrepreneur Society that if I need something done or if I'm looking for something, I can get immediate access to something somewhere. Over if I was trying to do everything on my own and hide information and you know just be that person trying to just win for self, then I would have no access to any of that. I, I look at this world now as a collaboration over competition world. And the more you think about that, man, the access is unlimited. Yeah, that's and, that's why forever people have been, you know, merging companies and growing. Mm-hmm. And there's no, uh, the, the most selfish thing is to not help someone else if they can help you, I guess. Absolutely. Well, there's one guy once said this quote is that the most intelligent, selfish person is a humanitarian. And I thought that was so cool because one of the best feelings in the world is helping somebody else. Mm-hmm. So you're kind of skipping ahead, but you're all, you're kind of in, in a way being selfish because that makes you feel the best, but you're also helping somebody else. So I, I still think it's obviously not selfish to do that, but everything that we do is we want to feel better. We want to experience life at a more, at a higher level. So it's, it's cool to think of it that way. But I just, I just want, I'd rather just be in a world where everybody's winning. It just makes sense to me. If I'm getting what I want, why should I possibly care what somebody else is getting? When we're always uh, focused on comparison and keeping up with the Joneses, life sucks. Yeah. Like I know a lot of my friends are making a lot more money than me, but they're not happy with what they're doing. But uh, for a couple of years, especially while you're building and growing, that will be uh, no matter what you're doing, if you're doing your own thing, if you're trying to build a... Um, you know, new rich four-hour work week style business at some level, you're going to struggle at first. Mm-hmm. And if your whole focus is on what, you know, the new car that your friend got or the new house or this or that and the other, you're going to be miserable. But if you're sitting there saying, man, I'm growing, I'm progressing every day, I'm enjoying this journey, I'm enjoying this ride, I know I'm going to get to where I want to go regardless of where everyone else is, then you're going to be happy with it. You're going to be excited about it. So that's a really hard thing because the cognitive bias within our, within our brain is trying to have that social status, trying to mm. be at that place. And the world that we live in still highly rewards the, the degree or the piece of paper or you know, working 12 hours a day, making a certain amount per hour, whatever. Unless you can create a situation where uh, you're... How, like getting other people with those you know papers and degrees to yeah. to help you build your tower. Absolutely, that's, and that's that's my, where my my mindset is with it for sure. Uh, as an entrepreneur, I know I'm not. I know 100%. I am not that smart. I'll get a lot of people around me saying, "Oh, you're really intelligent. How do you do this? How do you do that?" Because I've read a lot of books. But I just explained to them, I'm really not that smart. But what I am good at doing is seeing a vision, seeing a goal, and then assembling a lot of smart people to get that goal done, right? The people that do have the degrees, the people who are very specialized in certain areas, somebody who's really good at Facebook ads or like these specialized technology, uh, technological areas, or really good at PR, really good at whatever, and assemble those people at that's it, right? Mm-hmm. That's what you do as an entrepreneur. If as an entrepreneur you're trying to do everything, you're not an entrepreneur. That's that's just you should not be doing tasks. You shouldn't be doing all the little things. That's not being entrepreneurial. Being an entrepreneur is seeing the vision, finding out what problem needs to be solved, and getting that problem solved. 
Totally. And however you can do that, this however you can do it. This is also why I don't hate on on school and in traditional education because a lot of those people do a lot of work for me. Exactly. Right. Yeah. I, I and don't. There's a lot of there's places for them to fit in. A lot of the problem with it, though, for them is I can outsource a lot of these things to Philippines and and other places where it's. I get better work done with somebody who's more dedicated and less lazy because in North America, people are pretty damn lazy. It's true. Uh, they're harder workers. They appreciate it more. Even if you're you're paying two, three, four dollars an hour, that's a lot of money for them where they live. Mm-hmm. So it's a good wage. It's not, you're not exploiting whatsoever and you're getting more work done while you're sleeping, right? Yeah. There's all of these benefits. So what people have to realize is when they're going to get certain uh, degrees or if there is no jobs that are going to get them what they want you should think about that before you get it the world isn't how it was 30 40 50 years ago it's no. totally different so that's a that's a big part but yeah as an entrepreneur what is what is the goal well first of all what do you want in your life what are you looking for what experiences you want to experience can you do what you're passionate about what are your strengths gifts talents uh, what kind of purpose do you have what do you want to contribute to the world you think about all these how do you align those and then you look out in the world and say okay what problems can i solve because people need problem solved and they'll pay you money for those problems to be solved totally and when you start to look in terms of, of that you can uh, get to where you want to go but if you look in terms of hey how can i get what i want only you'll never make it. This is like the people who just write books on how smart they are. Like, I'm going to write an information book. Don't write a book about, with information. Write a book that gets somebody a result. That's what Cian's doing right now. Exactly. And you want to write it based on not, again, what's in your brain and how knowledgeable, how smart you are, which is what most books are written. It's more, okay, what is the end result that I can get someone? And then how can I reverse engineer that throughout a book so somebody can get this result because of reading the book? Not how most books, are, again, are written. It's they're written with the expert mentality, like, oh, I have this degree, so I should put all my information on paper. No, it's, that, that's, there's no value to that. The value comes in figuring out what somebody wants, figuring out how to get them that, and then putting that process within a book. Exactly. Okay, so do you have like a six-month and 30-year plan? Um, six months, I'm going to be heading to Thailand. I'm going to be creating a, 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 brand, a lifestyle brand within that, teaching the affiliate marketing, kind of setting up a kind of coaching program uh, within that. So how can you just use nothing but your iPhone and computer and create the lifestyle you want kind of thing. I'm going to call it the fast lane to freedom. So that's one thing that I'm working on. And 30 year, my, my big vision, my big goal is helping reinvent childhood education for the outliers. So for the kids who are sitting in class and none of it makes any sense to their brain. They are not what learners, they're what if learners. They're result-based people. They wanna get results in the world. They don't care about the information. They don't care about what they're uh, just sitting there in class just doing these random exercises. They're entrepreneurs or they're uh, somebody who sees the world completely different and wants to change something. So that is my longer term goal. At first it was, I just wanna reinvent childhood education, but I realized that you know, some of how it works is good for some people. Mm-hmm. So it was more about niching down. How do you find those 
uh, star children, what you would call them. The people who think totally differently, who I remember in school always just questioning, what the heck am I doing here? And just hating it. <laughs> my, dad, my dad came home one day when I was in grade two and he saw me doing math at the table. He's like, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm calculating how many days I have left in school. And I was like, I think I can make it to the end of grade three. Right? Like, <laughs> like I was fully in that position of I could not stand being there. But I love building things. I love creating things. I, so I was, it wasn't that I was actually really stupid, even though I was in the resource, resource room and uh, looked upon as stupid. It was actually just that I was always daydreaming about creating. So my brain didn't work in the way that it worked in school. So instead of them saying, hey, you, do, you should be over here, instead of saying that, like you, sh- you need to learn how to be an entrepreneur or whatever, it was, you're not smart. Here's an F. Here's a D. Go to summer school, right? And I, I think that's so detrimental for kids. And as I saw throughout my life, it was until I found a couple of the right people who turned that around. But without doing that, I might my brain might have just wrapped uh, wrapped around just being stupid, right? I, I felt the same in school, especially by the end of high school. It was like I would go and I would, you know, put in little to no effort to get uh, mid to high marks. And yeah. I would just uh, either teachers loved me or hated me because yeah. if, if teachers liked me, then uh, it would be like, you know, engaging discussions. And if they hated me, it would be me just like questioning them all the time and like calling mm-hmm. them out on things because, you know, what else was I going to do? I was bored. Yeah, and there, there's there's two different sides that I see. There's either your side, which is you're just you have probably a really high IQ. You're very very intelligent, and you it was just complete boredom to you. And then there's my side of it, which was none of it just made any sense to me. It could have, but I just didn't pay enough attention at all. So when the test did come, I would get a D or C, or like something at a lower grade or an F, just because I was not even present at all. Yep. I was thinking in terms of I want to play. I want you know all totally. of the yep. things that a kid wants to do. I wanted to do. But like, how, where where's your like high school diploma now? Like, what has that done for you in the past? Nothing. Exactly. Yeah. So it, it it's a question of finding yourself and figuring out what's going to work on a personal level. I, I completely agree with that, and that's I think that's the big problem with the education system at this point. We need that reinvention. Um, there's, it's it's built for a time that no longer exists. Total credit, would, yeah. Total credit to the people who can go to school for you know their high school and then totally. ten years of university and become doctors and lawyers because absolutely, I man. can't. I, there is just no chance that I could do that. I have utmost respect for it. Amazing, I like that kind of dedication and focus. Like congratulations. Uh, now. If you did that strictly because, again, that's really what you wanted to do, awesome. But if you got pushed into it because your parents were like, hey, you should do this, and you just followed somebody else's path, then I don't respect that because you are living somebody else's dream. You're living somebody else's path. You are not going to be happy. I don't care how many houses you have, how many cars you have, how many whatever you have. We All we have here on this planet is time and experience. Spend it doing things that you really want to do. For sure. So th- this is probably like I, I can feel the uh, the desire to help other people win as well as yourself. And so hundred percent. That's where things like the Young Entrepreneur Society and uh, you're responsible for the hub as well, right? Uh, that's Valen uh, and Arturo, uh, Valen Vergara, uh, Valen Vergara, and um, Arturo 
uh, Orleana, but I help them a lot with the Young Entrepreneurs Society. So we okay. partner together with it. So that's, but it's it's all the same. Like you're working to help other people uh, get to where they could be, mm-hmm. uh, and so. I, I can tell you, even going back to the whole, uh, like, the Africa mm-hmm. uh, story, like, it's always, like, empathy has always been something very important uh, to you. Yeah, it absolutely, I, I think m- one of my top mentors, Eben Pagan, he's actually said this numerous numerous times, that he believes empathy is like the, the one of the most important things that you actually need in entrepreneurship and business. And it sounds counterintuitive because all we hear is cutthroat, this, that, right? Like that's kind of what people think about when they think about business. They think about capitalism and do everything so you can get what you want. But when you really uh, look behind the curtain, what you have to do in entrepreneurship, especially these days, is really find out what somebody wants. Like how can I help someone get what they want? Because that's what they're going to give you money for. Mm-hmm. Now there's a lot of ways to trick people. And to get them to drink you know, horrible drinks that are bad for them, eat bad food, do all these things because their cognitive biases and their primal needs want those things. But then there's also ways to really help people get what they actually want and really help them live a, a really empowered life, a higher level of life. And we're really moving into that if you just see the health movement, the yoga movement, the fitness movements. People really want to better themselves. They don't want to live these lives based off of what somebody is selling them and tricking them into buy they're more looking for empowerment how can i live a better life and i think the more people we have out there teaching these things the more people we have connecting the more people we have fighting back against that system and the more empathy we have towards it the better our world is going to get okay yeah i i totally agree with that i think that it's you know always important to be moving forward but not in a way that blocks other people from moving forward and exactly and it's it's just so complex there's there's no one simple answer i've always I, I, I spent too many years uh hating on certain groups or thinking this was bad or this was good and really polarizing it so it was like just one thing or the other black and white thinking and the world's great and no matter what you do some people are going to hate you some people are going to love you the more a heart of a stance you take on one issue the more people are going to hate you the more people are going to love you that's just how it works and there is no one right one wrong it's just it's what you want and what somebody else wants and we have to kind of find this happy medium so we can all live within a society that isn't uh that some people aren't just being destroyed and some people are winning uh, that's going to happen to some level but i think we can make it better and better we don't need it to be okay, go to school, and uh, if you don't go to school, you are going to work a shitty job forever. If you do go to school and get this degree, you're going to win. Or if you do that, I I think there's just so many more options now, and I like to call it the third alternative. There's always a third alternative that hasn't been shown to you, that you can find, that you can put into your life, like, again, internet marketing, being able to just use your laptop to create income from anywhere in the world. It's something that anybody can do now. Like it's just it's there's more possibility than ever before and we have to realize this and I'm just trying to help people uh, find their freedom basically I want to see I want I want people to free their mind to think in terms of hey there are limitless possibilities if I want to do what I want to do I can I'm living in the 21st century there's never been so much opportunity and, and rewiring your mind from the old way of thinking 
Okay. Is, is there anything that uh, you wanted to mention or plug or anything you felt we could cover more? I'll plug one thing uh, for all the listeners. Uh, go to Facebook and go to the Young Entrepreneur Society International and we have a group. It will pop up right there and just join the group and start joining the conversation. And once you're within the group, ask questions, uh, post valuable content, uh, meet people from all over the world, build your network, meet like-minded people. It's, it's really powerful when you have this kind of superhero alliance backing you. So that is not just, it's not just you on your own trying to build this new business or trying to do this new thing that you're doing. You also have a support system around you because one of the hardest things when you're first starting to build a business, especially if your parents aren't entrepreneurial or, the, or your friends are calling you crazy without having people saying, no, no, you're on the right track. It's really hard to keep going. It's really easy to quit when somebody around, when everyone around you is telling you you can't do it. So having the right people uh, having what we call idea sex or brain sex with these with different people and putting your ideas together to create something greater than the sum of its parts and just moving forward constantly progressing learning growing totally so that's I'll, I'll, I'll guess I'll, I'll leave it on that but this was really awesome to be here it's great to have chat you. about these different things so uh, so Gavin where, where can people follow you on like Twitter can they is there links that you want to put out yeah if you if you just go to you can just type in my name's really uh, I, there's not a lot of me Gavin Cornelius C-O-R-N-E-L-I-U-S you just follow me on Instagram follow me on you can uh, uh, add me on LinkedIn Facebook Twitter but mainly just come to the Facebook group okay and the Young Entrepreneur Society International and then we'll all connect together if you come in there if you want to if you need to meet somebody or you need a certain resource you just connect with me and I'll connect you with those people awesome well thanks again for coming and recording absolutely this was awesome I'm, I'm excited we finally got it done <laughs>